Welcome back to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown on 610 ESPN. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. Jeff, uh, we talked a little All-Star game before the break. Uh, back into the second half of the season, minor league teams in the second half of the season, major All league our baseball. prospects are still here. All right, so Manny Machado is not a Philly. Correct. So I had asked you all week, there was a debate about, you know, the, the Phillies were willing to include Adonis Medina. Mm-hmm. In the deal, but not Sixto Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still okay that the six that the Phillies did not move Sanchez for Machado? Well, I never know what the actual deals are. They didn't say who the other prospects are. Yes. Uh, if Manny Machado said he was going to stay here, which I think he would have, but I I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I would have traded Sixto Sanchez because I look back and I remember very distinctly the debate for Roy Halladay and there was remember there was the trade discussions back and forth and if you remember who do we give up for that so so it was Kyle Drabeck Doug's kid who was a hard thrower at the time but had some uh, Tommy John surgeries you had Dominic Brown who they would not relinquish Michael Taylor and Travis Darnold who's now on the Mets and remember the, the holdup was they wanted Dominic Brown in the worst way, and we said he is untouchable. Now, ultimately, they got that deal done. We luckily got to keep Dominic Brown, and I'm saying that with some sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm on your face uh-huh. is wonderful. And, 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 but prospects, as much as we follow prospects and we're invested in prospects from the business perspective of the parent team, when you can get somebody with Manny Machado's skill who is a real potential Hall of Famer, Right? Does it matter? Uh, so I, I would ask the question: Would you trade Cal Ripken for Pedro Martinez? Because it, it, everybody's comparing Sixto to maybe the next Pedro Martinez. Okay, let's say he turns out that way. If you still got a lock hall of everyday Hall of Famer, are you going to make a trade? And the I to me the answer is yes, especially now. Windows open and windows close, and Manny, the thing that this that the Phillies need is not pitching. What they need right now, they and you and I see when we go to these ballparks, there's plenty of prospects who can pitch right now. The Phillies have are stocked with arms. They need hitters. They need hitters up here, and there there aren't a lot at AAA that are going to solve the problem right now. They may be younger, but that takes time. You have Manny Machado that's right knocking on your door and could have driven up the highway and could have been in your stadium. Without Manny Machado, as a 53-42 and 42 team starts what technically is a second half, even though they're already at 95 games, does attendance improve? I mean, they literally only have to win 34 more games and they're at 87 wins, which is the same of, as three no, of the last four no, wild card I, winners. Well, I think they're going to they're gonna have the same problem that the Sixers have, is, is that in this city, and a lot of cities, but in this city, we tend to overreact. We're too high no. and we're too low when we don't need to be. There's no even keel. And and the hopes got up. I mean, if you read, so I looked at some of the comments on Twitter and stuff like that, and people are literally, I had to look out my window to see if the sky literally hadn't fallen on my house <laughs> Bec- because we didn't get Machado for four months. And we still have a chance to get him in the offseason. You have to trust the people that we have. And the people that we have in place, by the way, are Orioles people. Andy McPhail it was the Orioles president. Matt Klintak was an Orioles guy. More people, and, and they know him very well. 
I'm I'm still confident that unless the Dodgers win the World Series, he's coming here. The question for then becomes, let's say that happens. Did they miss out on an opportunity to maybe catch lightning in a bottle for this season? Well, and that's the comparison you get to yeah. the Eagles last year, sort mm-hmm. of going for it when people didn't think their team was quite there. Right. The Phillies, are they going for it without making that move? It was sort of the question that was asked. Let's talk a little bit about the minor league teams for a little bit. We are headed back to Reading this weekend. That'll be fun. It's, it's always good. fun there. It, it's, you know, they, they have a lot of great guys there. The organization, it's one of the best ballparks in America. You know, it's called America's Classic Ballpark for a reason. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of good double-A players that are on their way up. Jojo Romero, who we've interviewed before, is still there. Uh, I keep waiting for him to be called up to triple-A soon. He's, he's, he's a very good pitcher with a lot of pitches. And he's he's in there. I think JoJo in Keith Law's most recent um, top fifty for the the midseason has now included JoJo in their top fifty. I think he's number forty eight, along with Sixtos in the top fifty. Have you been satisfied and impressed with the way that the minor league system has advanced players this year? What do you mean? In terms of moving some of their players up, they've they've continued to replenish. They they've They've moved up, you know, and now Hazley's at Reading, Hall's at Reading, and and so have is it what you expected yeah. this season in terms of the movement of the players? Yes, I could see why you're surprised by it, but but the way that this the way that minor leagues worked is around this time is when they start to move up. So there will literally be people that retire, which there were recently a couple retirements. There'll be people that move up, and then there'll be people that just they need a whole season in the same place. So we're now at that point where they're going to get their last month of the season at where they think they're going to be ready for for next season. And and I think that's that's why Hazley was moved up, and that's another guy we're, we're hoping to talk to for a little bit this weekend. Hazley, as Greg Legg put it, who's their manager, said this is where he belongs. It seems he's, like He's it. that advanced at this point. He's moving along. He's an interesting guy. I didn't realize that he was a, as good a pitcher as he was when he was in college, but he's now focused just on hitting and fielding, and I think that that has improved his game greatly. Well, and you mentioned the double-A manager. A few weeks ago when you were out at Williamsport, you talked to the single-A manager, Pat Borders, a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. A little, little fun conversation? Pat Borders is is an incredibly interesting guy. Everybody should have a chance to talk to him. He, he is such a nice guy. He's a character. I wish I could tell you everything, but I can't. But he 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 really has an interest in helping the young guys. And when I say the young guys, the guys that have just been drafted or the young guys that are coming over from another country. And he's got the demeanor to he knows when to step on their foot and and yell if he needs to and when to talk to them. And and as usual, he's a catcher. And a lot of catchers become the best managers. And I've only listened to parts of this interview because I wasn't with you. You asked him about killing my kid dreams in '93 with Toronto. I mentioned it. I, I mentioned it briefly. I actually talked to him more before the interview started. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. he didn't seem too sympathetic. He didn't seem to care no. very much. No. All right. Here's our interview with Pat Orders. All right, we're here in Williamsport, PA, at Historic Bowman Field, and you're here with the manager, Pat Borders. Pat, how you doing? Very good. Good to see you all. Thanks for, thanks for joining us on the show. So uh, we want to talk to you a little bit today about what it's like to be managing uh, down here at uh, Williamsport, PA. That's enjoyable. It's a small town. There's always a lot of excitement here. Uh, kind of reminds me of the town I uh, was grew up in, southern Ohio. 
uh, just kind of an old, older town, older buildings. Everything looks the same as it did there, and the, the, the people here are genuine and uh, very friendly. How many years have you been here? This will be a fourth season. And you enjoy coaching at this level? Yeah, it's good. You get uh, some of the younger kids out of Latin America. Uh, they're eager to learn, uh, very energetic. And then you get a college kid who's just recently drafted, and, and they, they're very receptive to, to anything you say. They're like sponges and uh, eager to please. So one of the things that, that i got to imagine that it's a little hard is is that you're dealing with kids that they really are. They're, they're young men, but they're kids who are just getting out of, some in some cases, out of high school. In some cases, they're 17 years old, coming from another country. What is it like having to mold those kind of kids? It's actually fun. Uh, they all have their different personalities. You, you know, talking to them, getting other personalities, and, and drawing uh, humor out of them, their their personalities, because generally they're really reserved. They, they respect the title of manager, so they they're not really themselves. They they, they they're kind of humble and quiet. And then the more you talk to them, the more the more you mess with them. You know, they start coming out and being the people who they really are. So, what do you do to mess with them? It could be it's just a, ver a variety of things. It just depends on the personality, how to how to how to uh, you know somewhat attack them, I guess. Do you ever get some kids who come in here, you know, they've been superstars in high school, they've been superstars in college, and now they've kind of been knocked down a peg because now they're, they're all about the same? No, that's, that's what's probably good about this level. The, the, all of them know when they arrive here they're playing with all good players everywhere else. And uh, it, they're just – they are. They're genuinely eager to learn and do well, and they want to get on the field. Uh, it seems like the, the three or two and a half months that we have here – uh, completely burns them out from their college, and uh, they're 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 fired up and, and ready to go when they arrive here. And by the time they leave, they're 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 spent, and they've given us everything they got. What's what's the thing that you have to teach them about their bodies and nutrition and things like that to get through the season that is a hundred? You know, at least here it's it's a little less than a hundred games. They're used to playing twenty, thirty, forty games in a season before they get here. Well, they they they, they got to learn first of all that it's almost impossible to play every day. Uh, you got you're going to be sore some days. You're going to play through some kind of little uh, fatigue. Uh, the bus rides are, are long. You get in. You sometimes you don't get enough sleep as, as you would, you would want. Uh, the one thing we do have here is the food. The food's wonderful. They feed us uh, three times a day. It's 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 good. The kids. When I remember when I was, I was in the minor leagues, it was, it was a struggle to find good food. Uh, these guys are. They generally get decent meals every every time. So what was it? What's the what's the difference between now in the minor leagues and when you played, other than the food? Oh, the people are the same. The kids are the same. The fields are, are a little bit better. Uh, I guess they've renovated most of them. The, the, when I was younger, younger they were older, uh, more dilapidated. Now they uh, uh, generate a little bit of, uh, of revenue. Uh, the, the people, the kids, the the players are the same. The names just change. Uh, the people and the personalities are exactly the same as they were 20 years ago. Now, when, when you came out of the minors into the major leagues, you actually switched positions, didn't you? What? Correct. Uh, I was drafted as a third baseman. Uh, knew that I wasn't qualified to do that in the big leagues and feared getting released, so I switched to first base. One qualified there with a bat, so I switched to catcher. Unfortunately, it worked out real well for me. So, matter of fact, matter of fact, I lied to them. They asked me did I ever catch before, and I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> you had never caught before. Now I put the shin guards on wrong when I, when, I, when the first time I put them on, I put them on exactly opposite a 50/50 <laughs> shot, and I messed up. So does that help you? Because a lot of the kids that come here now 
may not be in the same position when they get to the majors or even if they get halfway through the minors. It, it, do you have a lot of trying to figure out where people belong as opposed to where they played in the past? Uh, I think the uh, the player will kind of tell you where, where, where he belongs, his, his athleticism, his abilities, and uh, uh, the people in the front office and the directors. They've seen so many uh, players. They they can look at a player after a number of years or a year and say, well, he's probably leaning best for this or best for that. But they give him a fair shot and uh, see what they can do. Sometimes they surprise you and do well at a position you didn't think they could. Is there any is there any um difficulty in being a minor league manager and trying to decide or put more emphasis on development versus winning? Well, everyone wants to win. It's kind of a, a, a combination of teaching to win with development. Uh, uh, the emphasis on, on development rather than win, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want, you, want, you want them not to get used to losing, but uh, you want them to train and develop and understand that we're going to take this game and we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to do X with it to, to work on something today that you're, you're not as good at and uh, to maybe improve. So in your big league career, you had the opportunity to win the MVP in, of the World Series. And you won two World Series, correct? Yes. Do you do you ever bring your ring around to show the, the, the guys here? No, absolutely not. I, I very seldom have it around. Uh, uh, very proud of it, but just something I don't want to flaunt and, and uh, just want to be who I am, which is right here and, and being happy. Now, I have a co-host on my show. Uh, who grew up around the time that, of the 93 World Series. And he, he said, I have to ask you this question. Has, has anybody ever come to you in the Phillies organization and said anything to you about that 93 team? Oh, occasionally they will. And then, then I become arrogant and, and uh, <laughs> bolsterous. You know, they'll say, some way you did this. And I'll say, well, I'm sorry. The check was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they hired you anyway. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So, um, what are the plans for the rest of the season? Same thing every day. Get up, uh, work, uh, uh, take your ground balls, hit, uh, have fun when you get to the field. And you, you, you can make what you want of it. Uh, I enjoy every day I'm here. If, if I were uh, at any level, I would enjoy it. And uh, I think the kids appreciate that because it is genuinely fun for me to come out and do this every day. You've had one other experience that we wanted to ask you about, which was you were in the Olympics. And I believe you're only one of four players that's ever won an Olympic gold medal and won a World Series. What was the Olympic experience like versus the experience of playing in the major leagues? I've thought about that, and uh, it, it, it's, it's difficult to, to, to relate to relate the two. Uh, you're playing for your country in... Uh, the Olympics. I, I initially was reluctant about going. I was so tired at the end of the season. I said, I, I want to go home. And my wife said, huh, you know, you're not. You're going to play in the Olympics. And and I went uh, uh, with a, a little bit of reluctance because I was so tired and just ready to go home and be with my family. Uh, but when I got there, Tommy Lasorda made it important. And it's one of the most uh, enjoyable experiences I've ever had. Uh, the crowd you're going out, you represent your country, the pride you have in your country. Uh, standing here with the gold medal, I, I got the opportunity when we were on the podium. I uh, uh, we were in Sydney, and it was, I believe, it was 12 hours different. So I, it was it was late in the evening, and I I called my wife when we were on the podium, 
and fortunately she answered. She was on the, on the way out the door. She said she was going to take the kids to school because it was early in the morning. And she said, well, I better answer see what's going on. So she answered it, and she got to hear the uh, the uh, our, our anthem, anthem being played while while we were standing on the podium, and it was kind of kind of helped too. It was kind of kind of there, and it was, it was it, that was exciting. That was fun. How did your kids react? Uh, I have nine kids. Some of them. Uh, are born after 2000 and the other ones are most of them were younger and they didn't realize what was going on and they're just now starting to figure out a hey, dad was in the olympics and some of them i believe one of them did ask me the other day said you played in the olympics i didn't know that and so it, it's not something i walk around with or talk about but uh, that someone asked one and they generally didn't know i was in the olympics <laughs> <laughs> are you planning on fielding your own team with your kids I could. Got nine now, I, I right? Can, I can fill the whole team. But, uh, fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, which way you look at it, I have six <laughs> girls. So that that it'd be had to be a part softball team, I think. Uh, that would be fun too. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a blast at the house. Uh, do they live here? Uh, we live in Florida. Okay. Uh, they hadn't had an opportunity to come up here because there's so many of them. They're doing so many different activities at home. All of them are athletes, and uh, during the summer, that's uh, the big athletic time for the football or the baseball or softball or soccer, uh, especially the college kids. I got kids in college playing the, those, those sports as well. So I got I got a broad broad spectrum of age 28 all the way down to five years old. That's incredible. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it. We look at we look forward to watching you the rest of the season. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. So you thought it was incredible before, and you still think it's incredible, Jeff? He's got nine kids. I can barely so. handle one, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best example for that. That was cool. Um, it, the story about the Olympics was fascinating to me. He didn't want to play. His wife wanted him. And we don't often talk about the support of the family that these players and, and managers and athletes have. But can you imagine what it's like to call your wife while your national anthem's playing so that she can listen to it with you? I can't. I can't imagine the whole experience, but it, it just makes it more special when you can share it with the people that you care about. But I under, you know, people say when athletes don't participate in Olympics and things like that, people don't realize how worn out they are at the end of a season. So when they sit there and they say, "Well, you know, they've only been playing baseball for five months or six months. They have a half a year to," it it doesn't work like that. Your body just wears down. So you get to the end of a season, and you, the last thing you want to do is be going and playing in another competition. You just want to go home and be with your family and kind of recover. And, and his wife convinced him to do it, and it turned out to be an amazing experience for I, him. I didn't quite hear much sympathy for the crushing of my kid dreams. No, I, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> Look, he, he, got, he got a bigger check, as he pointed out, and he got to win a World Series. So I, I doubt he was concerned that, gee, someday I may be the minor league manager for one and of the Jason's going to be really upset. Yes, that's right. So um, <laughs> it, it just. Uh, He's a great. He's he he is. I I mean, you had fun with great, him. He, he was, and and he shared a lot. I mean, it's not every day that you hear. I mean, self preservation mode. He should be the definition of. This is a guy who gets drafted as a third baseman. Recognizes that he's not going to lies that he's played uh, a position. Yeah. Well, before. first first he recognizes he's not going to make it to the majors as a third baseman. So he says, "Hey, I'll go play first base." Then recognizes he's not going to make it there, and he just says, "Okay, I'll just wing it." And play the hard, and I'll just say I played the hardest position there is to play, and and somehow spent like 18 years in Major League Baseball, including being a World Series MVP, 
it, it's it's amazing that he was able to persevere and make That's it. Why you're always asked, can you do this? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> don't don't say no. The worst thing that happens is you try it and you look like a fool, but at least you got to try it, right? Uh, Jeff knows what it's like to try and look like a fool, so it's all good. All the time. <laughs> all right. So Cole Irvin tweeted on July 19th, whether you're a part of baseball or not, the most exciting time of year is the trade deadline. What's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Who, if you're an, another organization, you know, the Phillies are looking at Zach Britton with the Orioles still as a closer. They're, you know, you hear Mike Moustakas' name. You hear other players out there, Nick Castellanos. If you're, Josh Donaldson. If you're another team scouting the Phillies organization, what are you asking for at this point? And if you're the Phillies, what are you not willing to give up? Well, the, for, it's the same answer for both, um, really. As far you start with... If you're another team, Sixto Sanchez, it's the yeah, and okay, I'll be the Phillies. No, right. Let's let's move but, on. But see, I I don't I just don't buy that anymore. I, I you know at some point you have to take a risk. And I it think depends they... on what it is. I mean, Machado was to me, go ahead and do it. How however, unless they just know that he's going to come back at the end of the season, I still probably would have done it because they have pitchers. They seem to have bought into the Sixto hype. Well, it's not it is not hype. I've seen him pitch. He, um, he is he is a, assuming he doesn't get hurt. That's a big yeah. assumption, but I'm just saying uh, I, and I I'm not saying he does or doesn't have that value, but the team itself seems to have bought into the hype around the one him. I, the one I really don't understand yet and I've seen him pitch a couple times is Adonis Medina, who is what the supposedly was they finally re- said, "Okay, we'll give him to you." He has not dominated at any level yet. I asked you if you're okay with them doing that, and you couldn't write back yes <laughs> yep, fast enough. <laughs> I think is what it was my exact quote. <laughs> Your text came back yeah. faster than I sent the question. <laughs> but but if if I'm another team and I'm giving up uh, a Mustakis or somebody like that, I'd ask for Sixto, and then I would start from there. I would want Cole Irvin. Quite frankly, I mean, he's he's major league ready at this point. He's got nothing else to prove. Now, would you do that if you're the Phillies? I mean, you've got well, kind of a glut of pitchers coming up. I believe it or not, you're gonna your eyeballs are gonna pop out of your head. I'd re- I'd rather give up Daniel De Los Santos. Get out of here. I'm dead serious. Why? Uh, be, because I'm I'm not sold that he's that he's more than a what they call a quadruple A pitcher, which is a, a guy who. Fits who does really well at AAA, but may not be. So great you're not at sold on him so far as a major league. Not because of his performance. I mean, I just I don't think that he's dominant at AAA. And I'm not saying Irvin is, but Irvin's got there's there's a certain physique that I like in a pitcher because it's more the horse. Like, and I'm going to use Jared Eichhoff as an example, which is a bad example, I guess, because he's been hurt, but. To me, that's what you want. You want these guys with the lower body, the thick legs, the Roger Clemens type that can just push off. Body analysis by Jeff Cohen. No, but it is important (laughs) because those guys don't suffer arm injuries as much. Because they don't throw with their arms. Right, they throw with their their legs. legs. And and so Cole Irvin is a guy that I I want. I don't know what they're waiting for, especially since they haven't had a left-handed starter in two years. And I think for a guy like Gabe Kapler, who is so worried about analytics and having different arm angles and different different you know views for so that batters don't get comfortable, why is it that he doesn't see that we have five right-handed now six right-handed starters? I don't get it. 
Unless they're saying that Jojo Romero Are you looking is for an answer. Or? No, I'm not. I mean, I'd like an answer from the Phillies. From you, I don't want the answer. But but I'll Irvin just let is, you do this show. Yeah, I'll sit here. But but Irvin is a guy that I would ask for. I, I would also ask for Jalen Ortiz, who started off the season slow and is is still down in Lakewood. Well, let's talk about Lakewood first. Let's up. talk about Lakewood for a second. Seventeen and nine in the second half, best record, and uh, already won the first half. Ortiz kind of on fire in the second half here. 295, 16 RBIs, four home runs, five doubles, and a 902 OPS. I mean, what more could you ask of the guy? And so you'd be willing to give him up? No, no. Well, you no. You, I was answering your question about if I were another team, what I would That's be asking ask for. Okay. Yes, because I think he's one of the better hitters they have. They don't have many advanced hitters in AA and AAA. It's, it's now that Adam Hazley's there, Derek Hall and Austin Listy are there, who recently came up from Clearwater. They have a little more, but... At AAA, it's kind of older hitters. If you're going to tell me that Dylan Cousins is is the next fill-in-the-blank, I'm not buying it. You just it. think I've, he strikes I've, out too much. I've never bought it. I, I, I just I don't see him as a major league. I hope he proves me wrong. I thought they were going to try and include him in a deal. Yeah, but people see what. I mean, look, it, and you would think he would fit more in this day and age because it seems that strikeouts are perfectly don't acceptable matter. there. But it don't it's, matter. It's a lot of strikeouts, and it's and he is he's a he's a physical specimen. He's an athlete. This guy could have played tight end in the NFL. I mean, he's just a big, strong, fast guy. But being an athlete doesn't make you a baseball player. Speaking of being an athlete, Roman Quinn uh, had a rehab start yesterday. Went one for two with a walk, a stolen base, and two runs for Clearwater. They're now in third place in the Florida State League. Yep. And uh, as far as Roman Quinn goes. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I put it on our Twitter account. Don't sleep on him, because I think that when that roster they're going to bring him up for game, speed off the bench, assuming he doesn't get hurt again. Yeah, I think so too. He he can hit, he can field really well, he can run, and he can run. And having a pinch runner like that is something that you just don't want to miss out on. Yeah, he can wreak a little. See him being there, he can wreak a little havoc on the on yeah. the base. Now, I, now the other thing I heard with all these trades is that Adam Hazley was somebody that the Orioles wanted. Now, Adam has, as we've talked about, has kind of moved through the system quickly. quickly. He was a first-round pick last year. He was, I think he was the eighth overall pick. Started as a pitcher and a hitter. Now he's focusing just on hitting in the Phillies organization. In eight games at Reading, he was the player of the week. He's batting three oh four with two home runs, two doubles, three RBIs. Can't do much more than that, Jeff. Yeah, the Eastern League player of the week. He was the whole league's player of the week in the first week he got up there. So it's he looks like he naturally belongs there. And as far as hitters go, again, if I were the Phillies and they asked and I got Machado in return, as much as I want to see Hazley in a Phillies uniform someday, you'd have done that. I would have done it. Uh, Cornelius Randolph, who we had our interview with last week, playing well in July. Three fifty-eight, three doubles, a homer, five RBIs, ten walks, and a nine thirty-two OPS. You, see, but this, you know, we have. There are certain people who reach out to us and give us a hard time and throw stats in our face, and my answer is always pretty much the same, isn't it? Which is you have to be patient with these guys. If you want to make a judgment based on a, a month or two months, you go ahead. There's a reason that there's all these levels of minor league baseball, and it's for development of different parts of your game, and Cornelius Randolph is starting to be able to develop. By the way, 
as is Mickey Moniak. Hey, give me your Mickey Moniak <laughs> update. What's going on? With, you can give me what's going on with Mickey? I, I just think he's doing well. He's not gonna. I still don't think he's ever gonna be a power hitter, but he's got four home runs now. Uh, I know people are gonna go whoop de doo, but he's he's starting to hit better and he's hitting consistently. And we'll see what happens when he gets the double A. That, I would challenge him at the end of the year. I, I mean, I I would when we get to August, if I were the Phillies, I'd move him up to double. That's gonna be our last word for the week. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to join us next Friday night as we help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one and we'll talk to you next week.